0: Good morning. It's good to be with you as we continue in our time together in Acts. Uh, yesterday, we finished out Acts 13. We saw the opposition that Paul and Barnabas faced uh, for their teaching, and they were basically run out of um, out of Antioch, um, of Pasetta. And today, we're going to see that they're traveling now to Iconium. So we're going to see. We saw yesterday a pattern begin that we're going to see continued um, in the next few Chapters, honestly, uh, this this pattern of uh, 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 of preaching and teaching and opposition. So let's read today. Uh, chapter 14, verses one through seven. Starts off with this. The same thing occurred in Iconium. So there we go. We already we already kind of see where this is headed. Where Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. But the believing Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who testified to the words of his grace by granting signs and wonders to be done through them. But the residents of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews, some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, the apostles learned of it and fled to Listeria and Derby, cities of Laconia, into the surrounding country. And there, they continued proclaiming the good news. So we see them come to Iconium, and uh, face the same pattern they faced in Antioch, and you're going to see the same pattern they're going to face in Listeria and Derby, that they're going to face in um in other community other communities. Um, this is going to be a um a pattern in Paul's life from here on out. Uh, that they will come into a town. They will preach um, in the synagogue, and they always start off in the synagogue. That That is right now where they always start in these, in these areas that are familiar with Judaism, where you're going to have a, a group of both Gentiles and Jews. That's where Paul will always start preaching at this time. So they'll come into town. They'll go to the synagogue. They'll preach. They'll see um, great, um, it's a loaded word here, but success. They'll see people respond. Uh, to their preaching and teaching Um, they'll start a church and they will begin to form a group around them and then that group will begin to face opposition you're going to see some people respond well um, to the message that paul preached but then you're going to see others begin to stir up trouble um we saw it yesterday when we read what happened and the jealousy that began to uh, infect the community spilled over and drove paul out today we see a similar pattern uh emerge they, um, the unbelieving Jews stirred the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. They remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who testified to his word of grace by granting signs and wonders. Once again, do you see once again, every time we see them, I mean, you point it out, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. We see here that it says that Jesus grants these signs and Jesus is um, testifying to the truth. The Holy Spirit is testifying to the truth of who Jesus is because the signs and wonders are granted as verification of the truth. And there was a division, and eventually they kind of snuck out of town. So that that happens a lot. And um, once again, you're just going to see that pattern. You're going to see that pattern emerge. My mom used to always say something that stuck with me through ministry. Um, mom always told me, that uh, the devil's not messing with you, you're not doing anything. The devil is not going to mess with those who are already his. So I think one of the things that we have to understand in our spiritual journeys together, both individually and then in as communities, is the fact that there's going to be opposition. I think sometimes we have um, fallen trapped to what I call Christian fairy tales. Um, that is, when you become a Christian, when you follow Jesus, uh, when you get saved, when you make a, a choice to uh, re- truly chase after discipleship, that life gets easier. Uh, you know, uh, you know how it is. You know how it is in the fairy tales. Um, they face the problem. Cinderella's asleep, or when is Cinderella? What happens? Cinderella? She goes. She asleep? I, I get them. I get. I, I'm not an expert on the princess um, cinematic universe. I think most of them are asleep, and somebody kisses them. I think it's hard, but I could be wrong about that. Um, they the hero, the prince comes and saves the day, and yay! And how does every princess story end? They lived happily ever after. That well, sounds good, doesn't it? I don't know how many of y'all have seen the the play or the the movie Into the Woods, and uh the second half. You know, after everything, after the first half ends well, second half takes quite a turn. And we see that it isn't necessarily happily after, after, ever after. And sometimes we expect our faith to be like that. We get saved. Uh, we make a decision. We follow Jesus. And we expect the fairy tale. We expect the happily ever after. But if you're going to study Paul's life, you're going to see that Paul, Paul didn't really have a happily ever after till he got to heaven. But Paul journeyed faithfully with Jesus and faced opposition. That's why I think it's interesting when you read Acts and then go read some of his letters, like particularly Philippians. Philippians is an interesting letter because Paul wrote Philippians while he was in jail. You know, we're going to see it throughout this book times. Paul gets thrown in jail. Spoiler alert. But Philippians may be the most joyous letter that Paul writes. Rejoice. Lord, I say again. I say, rejoice. Rejoicing is full all over Philippians, and Paul wrote Philippians while he was, like I said, in jail, uh, facing persecution, facing troubles, facing trials. Paul wrote Philippians while he was facing difficult times, while he was facing great opposition. But Paul, Paul finds joy, not in the circumstance that he's in, not in the. And you're going to see this in a little bit when we get to the the uh, the one of the, the story of the jailer a little bit. Um, you're going to see this all throughout this, that Paul's going to find joy in the midst of opposition. So, um, don't, don't give into the myth of the Christian fairy tale. That you get saved and that everything's perfect. No. When you read the Bible, sometimes you see, in fact, more often than not, you see you get saved you make a decision to follow Jesus. You decide to take your faith to the next level. You decide to really pursue discipleship. You decide to really be faithful. Like you make that resolution that I'm going to do these things. You make that decision. And then you're going to see opposition. Then you're going to see struggles. Remember the story of the, uh, of the sower the parable of the sower that Jesus told how seeds spread around. And so many opposition comes to the seed choked off by thorns, doesn't find good roots, gets scattered off. And um. That the seed was going to be planted well, but then it, uh, then, it, then so many troubles came, and it never took root. Um, we're going to face opposition, and that's why it's important for us to take root in our disciplines, take root in our daily prayer life, take root in our daily reading of Scripture, take root in our community, take root in our relationships, take take root in our worship, take root in our faith in Jesus. Because when we face opposition like Paul faced. Uh, if we don't have a good root system, if we aren't really planted in deep to Jesus, we aren't truly planted in deep to his word, we aren't truly planted in deep to our prayer life and to the disciplines of the church, then when we face opposition, which we said earlier, it's coming, troubles will come, opposition will come, trials will come, That just mark it down. It's going to happen. we're not firmly rooted in those things, then when the trials come, we won't have the root system to, to, to stand it. I, I like to drive home via the trace sometimes. And uh, when you're driving on the trace, there's this one curve in particular. As you're driving north out of Madison. Where there's this cypress, I think it is. I'm not good with what plants are named, but there's that tree with that huge root system. And it's just right off the uh right off the the curve there. And I always like to see it because it always makes may, makes me think of the Psalm, Psalm two. Um you know, about how the trees planted by side streams, but uh, you know, that uh how, how Psalm two talked about the tree is that root system that stands against any troubles. And um we've got to have a good root system. We gotta take root. That's why we call this daily reading rooted. Uh, because when the opposition comes and the trouble comes, like Paul faced today, we don't have it to go down to, and we'll be in trouble. So today, be faithful. Be faithful in your studies. Be faithful in your prayers. Be faithful in your worship. Be faithful in your community. And um, you'll be able to stand the test when it comes and stand the storms when they come. But rooted deeply in Christ, we'll be okay. okay. Dig deep into Christ. Know that he's with you. He'll never leave nor forsake you. Have a great day today. Thanks for joining us. And we'll pick up tomorrow as Paul and Barnabas continue their journeys. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.